Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About to Review. I am your host, that guy named John, and I am joined by frequent guest, Andy. Hey, how's it going? It is going very well. So today is going to be a different episode. We're going to be doing a director spotlight. Da, da, da. Yeah, so this is something that you know Andy and I have been talking about, and it gives a chance, gives us a chance to kind of talk about the films of a certain person, and a little bit about the director, what they have done, and if they have anything lined up in the future. With something so new like this, John, I think we should start with something fairly easy to ease us into a yes. director spotlight. <laughs> I, don't, um, I can't think of how we might be able to do that. Could you suggest something? I could suggest something. So this is going to be in three parts. We're going to talk about the director, the films, and then go into the best rating system available to anyone. Please describe how you've changed it, John. Uh, well, actually, that is the amazing thing, is no change. We're keeping the same rating system that everyone knows and loves, which is good, bad, or ugly. So the director that we chose for this episode, and Andy does have a point. If we were to tar- start this series, Director Spotlight series, with someone like Coppola, it would take forever. They would be great films, but there would be just be so many in the library. It'd be like a 12-hour spotlight and everybody would be asleep by the time we got halfway through his, uh, his yeah. films. <laughs> so we're going to keep this one short and compact and start with the director, Jason Bateman. He's directed stuff? He has directed stuff. In fact, two movies uh, that we're going to touch on. The first is Bad Words from 2013. And then his most recent film... Uh, which is called The Family Fang. Um, Jason Bateman is uh, much better known for his acting. He has a Mm -hmm. a really long acting career, Um, much more restricted uh, when he's come to to movies and uh, TV. Absolutely. I mean, and it's kind of interesting, when Andy and I were talking about this, Jason Bateman, to me, is someone that I immediately recognize. I feel like I have seen him throughout my childhood in various things. Uh, going back, I mean, to you know, TV from the '80s when he would just do, you know, a few episodes here and there of popular he was TV on shows. Little House on the Prairie. For he was. Out loud. He was for I think like 18 <laughs> episodes, and I think that was one of his first. I think, first yeah, I think that gigs. was his first his first acting gig. But I mean, uh, as as John was saying, I mean, he seems like he's been around forever. But when I actually thought back, what could I actually remember him in? The mm-hmm. first thing I could really remember him in, without having looked up IMDb, right. was uh, was Arrested Development. Before that, I was thinking, no, I, I I couldn't have placed his face in anything else. Yeah, and Arrested Development definitely is when his career took a huge upturn. Uh, pretty much since then, he has been consistently working, doing multiple projects. Uh, he did Dodgeball uh, with Ben Stiller. Um, and, and yeah, so I mean, it just... He's one of the it men of uh, comedy. Yeah, these, these days, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, and he won a bunch of awards for... <laughs> I just hit the table. Sorry if that showed up, everyone. Uh, again, I could find a way to edit that out, but I just do not know how to do that yet. Andy suggested me sitting on my hands. That that is not going to work either. Gloves. I was thinking boxing gloves as well. That that would uh, save a, a host of problems. Yeah, I'm a hand talker. I, I cannot help it. So anyway, yeah. So he won just a bunch of awards uh, for Arrested Development. Uh, so anyway, so moving on to the films that he 
directed. So the first one uh, I will talk about speaking. chronologically yep. yes, is Bad Words from 2013. Now, Jason Bateman directed this and it was written by Andrew Dodge, who was a first time writer for a film. And this movie, yeah, Jason Bateman plays kind of a, an insensitive, egomaniacal, <laughs> pseudo-racist uh, proofreader who is on a mission to win the National Spelling Bee. And, I mean, yeah, that kind of just sets up the tone <laughs> of the movie. I went into this movie, both of these movies that we talked about, actually, that we were going to talk about, no trailers, no nothing. So I came into it as clean as I could. Mm-hmm. You were maybe expecting to see uh, Aquila and the Bee or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that is not this film. No. Nope. Uh, at all. So some of the other people uh, in this film, uh, Catherine Hahn, uh, who will show up, spoiler alert, in the next film as well. Uh, but those are kind of the only... You know, big stars. The other, the other person who plays, well, a, I know, I feel like Baker Hall is is a pretty well known character true. actor. Char- character actor, yes, he is another one where when he shows up, I feel like I have seen his face. It's an instantaneous recognition, yeah, in TV definitely. and movies forever. Uh, but to me, the person who really stood out uh, was uh, the boy in this movie, the the younger kid, Rohan Chand, and and he kind of plays the. The, the friend uh, to Jason Bateman's character on this journey. He's adorable. He is. He definitely is is adorable. Uh, one of the things that I liked about this movie right away is the intro. It gives you like a 10-minute set piece where it really sets up the character, you know, that he is going to be playing, and his character is solid pretty much throughout. Like he stays, <laughs> stays true to his character, and it is fun. It is upbeat. It gets you right into the movie. So did you feel the same way? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I kind of felt that Jason Bateman was uh, Jason Bateman in this movie. He's the kind of uh, the, the, the dry, um, straight man mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that, that I mean, sort of, he, he, I think he could have been Michael Bluth from Arrested Development. Yeah. And, know, and that is suddenly stepped off that set and moved on <laughs> yeah. into film. Because Jason Bateman, uh, and this is not a negative, uh, I mean, he definitely, you know kind of who he is. You know who he is generally going to be in the movie, but he does it really well. And and that kind of, yeah, just kind of straight face, just dry comedy, he, I think he really nails that. He's great. He, I mean, doing that, he's, he's really good. Um, I, I, I think I was... No, I, I, I mean, I can't necessarily say during Bad Words I was hoping for something a little bit more. Because, I, I mean, this is, again, this is, f- this is three years ago. Let's call it fairly early on mm-hmm. in his film acting career, shall we? So, it's, it's yeah. you know, he's, he's not gotten into a, a terrible, terrible rut yet. Right. Absolutely. No, if anything, I mean, he is just on the upswing, and he has been since the early 2000s. So, the movie itself, uh, yeah, I mean, Jason Bateman's character... Yeah, he wants to win this national spelling bee, and who wouldn't? I'd right. like to do that. Can I? Can I do that? Maybe. Uh, possibly. Yeah, you do know a lot of words, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. is a start. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone is listening, wanting to get into spelling bees, <laughs> learn some words. Uh, so yeah, he goes on this journey, and along the way, like the relationship between him and Rohan Chand, it was charming. It was sincere. It was a little bit predictable. As far as the the cycle of the movie, you could kind of feel 
where the characters were going and what their motivations were. But in the moment, it was solid. Like, it, it felt real. It felt like a real connection. Did it feel like a real connection? Um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not sure I would say that. I would say that the connection was a, a little contrived. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I, I totally is, is agree with you, you. Is this you disagreeing with, with me? Because I'm not sure if I allow that on here. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, this is like going live, so I think uh, yes, I, I can uh, actually uh, contra- not contradict, disagree with you. But but here, John, mm-hmm. I do agree with you that it, uh, this was a little predictable, and I'm going to go further and say that pretty much the entire movie was fairly predictable. What I did like was that it was not overly treacly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you know super super sweet, um, right. which which it could have turned taken a turn for that at many different stages and, mm-hmm. and mostly avoided that um i think i think that partially has to do with jason bateman's assertiveness through his dialogue sure like the, the moments where they could kind of go into that you know sappiness of of a feel-good comedy he would come out with a line that would immediately remind you who his character is and he is not a very likable person. No, no. I mean that 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 is what uh, that the good thing about this movie is that it it definitely plays to Jason Bateman's basic mm-hmm. strengths of you know dry comedy with an edge. You know he he seems like a nice guy. You know that I'm sure he'd be a lovely person to go for a drink. But you know that in a movie he's going to come out with some lines which are going to you know potentially offend or you know, certainly offend yeah. the people in the movie. Even if you know as a watcher it won't. Which is interesting. There were definitely lines when he would. He would say offensive things to characters in the movie, some of which would would react, you know, very uh, not violently, but <laughs> uh, they, they would disagree strongly. But what is interesting is is again his relationship, you know, with with a young kid in this movie, how he would say some, you know, very insensitive, you know, offensive things, but the kid just kind of let it roll over, roll out, roll over him, and it was just like okay, like because mm-hmm. I think the kid recognizes this is a 40 year old man who is in a spelling bee with children. (laughs) He obviously has some issues that he is working through. So the kid was just like, okay. So that, that was an interesting uh, (laughs) type of relationship they had. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Again, my main criticism of the movie was that it was entirely uh, predictable, despite that edginess, that slight edginess that, that right. Jason Bateman brings to it. I, <laughs> I actually wrote down um, the the two main points that I thought were going to be the ending <laughs> at about 20 minutes into the movie, and both of them were correct. So, folks, if you're going to watch this movie, if you haven't already watched this movie, you know, make a stab at guessing what mm-hmm. the end is, and I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll probably be right. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, every now and then when you get a you know, a formulaic movie, that is not always a bad thing is because you can still have those moments of surprise, whether it is through some dialogue, whether it is through some interactions, even though you kind of know where you are being driven to. You can definitely have some fun with a formulaic movie. Definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was, that was kind of, you know, the, the, the rough storyline, uh, Catherine Hahn's character, she plays a reporter, who is following Jason Bateman's character around, not just following, she is actually, she is with him the whole time and paying for literally sometimes. this whole uh, adventure slash mission that he is going on. And, and they have a very interesting relationship 
where it is definitely like a not even a love hate a like hate i don't uh, think she even really likes him i mean she, yeah <laughs> she likes <laughs> to do i wasn't getting the feeling she really liked she him. likes to do things with him yeah but, oh, but begrudgingly uh, yeah. uh because yeah this whole time she is trying to get the story of why why does this 40 year old man want to win the spelling bee why is he putting himself in front of people and humiliating himself honestly to get where he wants and yet throughout the whole movie you never see him feel humiliated you never really see him feel anything regarding that during the competition knowing that people are going to laugh at him knowing that people are going to be mad at him chase him and try to assault him while he is on his own journey so so that was that was interesting um now to the directing style so since this is the director spotlight we should talk about mm-hmm. that andy what are some kind of takeaways from a directorial standpoint <clears throat> um i i i didn't feel that that he took i mean other than again the the edginess of his particular character mm-hmm. um i i don't think he took many risks in mm-hmm. this i don't know if that's because this was his first uh feature um you know uh, directorial debut mm-hmm. um but i i I, I thought it was very conventionally directed. There, that nothing really stood out in terms of, oh, that was an interesting shot or that was an interesting yeah. decision. Um, so standard, standard fare. And yeah, I totally agree. Uh, when it comes to the directing standpoint, it was safe. And again, safe is not a bad thing. When you're getting a chance to direct a feature-length movie, it is okay to be safe. Uh, one of the things that was interesting was there were a lot of jump cuts so if you take someone like uh kevin smith he is the opposite of this he will plant a camera in front of someone give them two pages of dialogue and just you stick with that person the whole time with this movie there were you know there's a a diner scene where just kept going back and forth you know between each character every time they had something to say and so i get that as a device but at the same time, I would almost just rather one camera on both people. They're having a conversation. Just kind of let that happen as opposed to chopping it up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think that was – I didn't really see that. So I, I, it, it either fit in very smoothly or mm-hmm. it, it – yeah, I mean it just didn't stand out for me. Yeah, it was, it was not abrasive. I will say that. But it was just something that, something that I noticed and, and like, like Andrew's saying, like it, it is steady. You know, the whole time – yeah, you you are on this ride. It is safe. It is nice. Mm, it wasn't nice though, John. Uh the journey was nice. The the directing was nice. The cinematography was nice. Mm-hmm. Um one quick thing about the director who I or the the writer, sorry, Andrew Dodge. Uh this is his first time, you know, writing a screenplay uh for this movie. The next thing that he is going to be working on is Space Jam 2? Oh my uh, god, they needed a, a, a 2 for Space Jam? Uh, well, I mean, there were so many unanswered questions from Space Jam 1 from like 1993, <laughs> I want to say. So, but he was announced for that. Who knows if that, that is actually true, but talk about a departure. When you go from the first screenplay you write to a comedy drama to then Space Jam it is an odd switch. I don't know. If, is that a step up? Is that Was he getting a slap on the wrist for bad words in some way? I don't know. Maybe it was all the swearing in this movie that <laughs> brought him to Space Jam 2. Where he has to go the complete opposite. Go with the G rating. Oh, my gosh. 
Um, so yeah, I just I thought that was an interesting thing when I was looking through IMDb and seeing kind of who was involved with this movie. Well, I'm glad we're focusing on Jason Bateman then not Andrew Dodge because I'm really not sure I could actually sit down and watch Space Jam Two. When we, we will see that will come out, <sighs> John. Uh, no, like please, next please. year maybe. <laughs> so all right, so that was kind of, that was bad words uh, from 2013. So then Jason Bateman's second directing uh, role was in The Family Fang. Andy, talk about that one. Family Fang, yeah. Uh, this is one of those movies which I think um, hasn't had uh, a, a much of a spotlight. Uh, it it kind of like slid uh, here into Seattle. Um, I think it was just playing maybe at one screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, not no hype. Uh, I saw a preview for it and I thought... Wow, I, 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 you know, I'd, oh, sorry, a trailer for that, and I, I should really see that. Not least because possibly our uh, about to review's favorite actor is involved in this. <laughs> who, who was his name again? Uh, the, the patron saint of this podcast, Christopher Walken. Oh, that's it. I, uh. I was forgetting his name. <laughs> so, and and unlike in some of the um, other movies that we have reviewed, um, Christopher Walken is actually taking essentially a a co-starring role uh, or you know assistant um, starring role in this alongside with Jason Bateman. Apparently, Jason Bateman likes to direct Jason Bateman. He's easy to work with, I hear, if you are Jason Bateman. Right. Um, Nicole Kidman, that mm-hmm. was, I think that was a coup to get. Um, Marianne Plunkett and Catherine Hahn, who, as John mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, was also in Bad Words. Um, some of the basic plots uh, to uh, Family Fang, which maybe nobody else has really heard about, is right. about uh, brother and sister who are in some degree estranged from their parents. This brother and sister, that's Jason Bateman and Nicole Kidman, are shall we say, semi-successful in mm-hmm. their artistically Pursuits. bent careers yeah. of writing and acting. Um, and their lives are kind of thrown into confusion through uh, a couple of different things, um, mostly when their parents, who are fading performance artists, mm-hmm. go... Very eclectic n- very performing eclectic. artists. <laughs> when, when those uh, uh, fading performance art parents go missing and it it's not really that much of a you know kind of a mystery movie mm-hmm. um it's it's actually i don't know about what you think john but it's it's kind of a hard to define sort of movie because there's drama there's there's some light comedy there is okay a little bit uh, of mystery <laughs> uh what do you say this one was was interesting and i think that is one of the things that that i liked was that this movie honestly took me a couple days. Like it really, I was thinking about this movie, you know, for maybe two or three days of being like a kind of, what was it? What did I, what did it make me feel? How did, how did everything work? Uh, so I liked that because when you go to see a movie like Captain America or, you know, green room or something like that, uh, you, you come out of it and you're like, all right, you know, I have some opinions on it. Let me kind of sit on it. And then you can just kind of go from there with this one. Luckily, we're recording this a few days after we saw it because honestly, it has taken me that long to, to get a real feel for the movie. Um, Are you, were you worried in some way by the slight suggestiveness of incest in this movie? Was that one of the things that might have bothered you? Uh, no, not, not necessarily that. I mean, because again, a film that kind of pushes the boundaries. And again, their parents in this movie... Um, who the younger version, it kind of flashes 
back and forth between the kind of late seventies when Jason Bateman and Nicole Kidman were kids. Um, you know, as they were kind of part of this, uh, I should say an unwilling, uh, at some point part of their parents' eccentricities, you know, in their art form. So it is okay for a film to kind of, you know, push the boundaries, do something different. Uh, the guy who played Christopher Walken's younger self, uh, James, Jason Harner, was really interesting because, you know, you see him first. You get introduced to him first, and then later you see Christopher Walken as that same person. Jason Harner did a pretty good Christopher Walken. He did. He had the hair down, uh, absolutely. <laughs> he, had the, <laughs> he, had the, he had the mannerisms. Like, it was not a, such a jarring thing. When you see someone, whatever, no matter what the movie someone else playing them in the past and then the person playing them now, sometimes you do not really see that you do not really feel that connection. This one, it was, it was a good uh, connection, but yeah, I mean it, this was just a, a very interesting movie. That was the first word that came to me after we watched it. And the word that kept coming into my head was I think John, what, what you just said about pushing boundaries was very much the, uh, was not very much. I mean, I, you know, it, it was very much a, 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 a major theme mm-hmm. of this movie. Oh, was every boundary uh, was pushed. I mean, sort of the, the family, the younger family that the performance art is pushing boundaries, this, you know, suggestiveness possibly of some incest is pushing boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the, 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 uh, when the parents go missing, that's, that's pushing boundaries of you know i mean all kinds of tastes are being you know sort of like challenged mm-hmm. in this movie um which very much says to me um that this is a, a more mature directing uh experience yes. for jason i i can definitely agree with that the progression from bad words to fan to the family fang were significant i really think you can see jason bateman's progression as a director just from the shots that he chose and i think what what I liked in this movie, in The Family Fang, it had a much simpler backdrop. Mm-hmm. You stayed in a few places as opposed to bad words, just kind of jumped around. And uh, and I think that that was to the film's benefit. Because in The Family Fang, by, by having a, a less involved backdrop, it let the characters develop. It let the characters come through because they have to carry the scene. And a lot of what was going on was basically the relationship between um, Jason Bateman and Nicole Kidman, who mm-hmm. I've never, I've, I, I really haven't been a huge uh, Nicole Kidman fan, certainly in her earlier career, but I, I'm starting to like her more and more as an actress. Which, yeah, I mean, she was, she was an interesting choice, uh, you know, for this role. Um, and she did not, re- kind of towards the beginning of the movie, it did take me a little bit because I, I have seen a lot of her stuff and unfortunately kind of, she has the Stepford Wyvian look to her. Uh, and she was in that film, if I recall correctly. (laughs) Um, but no, this film, it gave her something to do. It gave her room to grow as a character and so I did grow to like that character. There was a lot of emotions shown on on a wide scale. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> even for even for Jason Bateman, again, he's he's he 
in in bad words he was playing the jason bateman that we've mm-hmm. seen in all sorts of movies this was i mean again this was not any gigantic departure mm-hmm. but i i think they, this was definitely as an acting uh, for role for him a, a slight progression in in what he was doing because again you know it was it was a little bit more serious mm-hmm. um and he was showing a little bit more range which is good I'd l- i want to see i'd like to see him do a little bit more and maybe next one along it'll be a, like a completely serious drama yeah because that is think both of these movies are listed as comedy and drama uh so i would disagree with the family fang being a comedy it it again i mean like andy said there were some light comedic elements but bad words was a comedy like there were moments when like it was funny like there were multiple moments where just the comedic timing the beats that it hit it was a comedy yeah but if you saw the trailer for family fang which you i did could, not <laughs> which you did not but which i did mm-hmm. um you could easily have been sort of like sucked into thinking that this was another kind of knockabout comedy really uh i yeah, I, I still have not seen the trailer so i uh, i guess how look they at the look at the trailer and you'll you'll see that you know sort of they they cherry pick some of the funnier moments i think maybe not trusting the sort of like people are going to be attracted mm-hmm. to a jason bateman more focus on right. the drama than the comedy which i'm guessing is probably the case thing is this has got a, i mean it's seemingly a fairly limited uh release of, yeah you know yeah because it was released in 2015 it went to the it made its debut at the toronto international film festival in 2015 um, but then it, yeah, it just kind of started getting released in select theaters now. Like it, I think it premiered April 29th. And so, but yeah, I mean, so I, even though I disagree with it being a comedy, it definitely was a drama. The mystery, which also it is billed as, it starts the movie kind of, you know, in this situation with Nicole Kidman, where it does kind of lead you into thinking that it might be kind of a harder mystery. Mm-hmm. It It is not. Uh, that much um but some of the performances so mary ann plunkett who plays uh their mother in in current times she was fantastic her her range and her character i thought was the best in this whole movie i mean she she comes across as a a serious actress in the Mm -hmm. way that you know um katherine hahn doesn't really quite so much for me yeah and again that touches on so Catherine hahn plays the younger version of that same character so like we were talking about james harner you know has a christopher walken character uh but yeah marianne plunkett like all of her scenes like she was she was really captivating because she drew you in and marianne plunkett comes from the stage uh she won a tony in 1987 for me and my girl and stage acting is just a totally different thing and so I really enjoyed her performance, especially throughout the throughout the entire movie. But more importantly, John, we haven't really talked about Christopher Walken's um, role. Uh, how did you <laughs> how did how do you think he he played his role? So I have a understated, quest- maybe. I have a question for you, Andy. Oh, okay. On a scale from one to Captain Coons in Pulp Fiction, how Christopher Walken was Christopher Walken in this film? He was pretty damn christopher walken i'm gonna say yeah, yeah you would not mistake you would not have mistaken this for anybody else other than christopher walken this was yep. a, perhaps a a role written for christopher walken possibly because man i mean in jungle book you know he he was there you know king louis uh which one of the things we talked about or one of the things i forgot to talk about on the jungle book episode a couple episodes ago 
one of the most clever moments in that movie is when Mowgli is entering the the ape sanctuary and there's a cowbell right there and he starts clanging on it. That was great. I mean, talk about pandering to the audience. <laughs> I mean, everybody who was Christopher Walken had that famous sketch from SNL there, with Blue there Oyster was no, Cult. There was no cowbell, unfortunately, perhaps in Family Fang, though, was there? Yeah, or look in the background and there might be. Ah. Um, so as far as his performance, I mean, yes, he was absolutely at 10 being Christopher Walken. But this character, I think made so much sense for him to be as Christopher Walken as possible. Absolutely. Because again, a performance artist for crying out loud, a performance artist that is again, pushing boundaries, uh, in the seventies, I mean, seventies, eighties, whenever the flashbacks were, I mean, yeah, he was doing these public displays of his art, which sometimes include humiliating his children, actually frequently include humiliating Mm -hmm. his children. And it just, but again, shocking, shocking audiences, wherever, wherever he does, wherever these were staged. Yeah. Yeah. So Christopher Walken, I mean, this performance made, made complete sense, uh, how consistent he was being Christopher Walken. So, uh, there was something else. One of the things that I meant to touch on with bad words, one of the clever things that Jason Bateman did, one of the choices he made as a director. So part of the national spelling bee or part of the movie is the national spelling bee. And it is the first time it is being televised. When they switch to the camera crew or the uh, the people who are giving the televised portrayal, the camera switches. It switches to that very PBS style camera work, and it looks blatantly different than when it goes into the movie filter. So that I thought was really clever, and that it, it was a visually separate look when they were quote unquote on TV. Versus when we were in the movie. There was a lot of camera uh, style changes in Family Fang as well because uh, there were flashbacks throughout the movie mm-hmm. of um, these performance art bits. Um, and so they were using like a Super 8 type camera. Yeah, and like a sepia type of yeah, tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, hey, maybe that's a theme. Maybe in uh, Jason Bateman's next movie, there'll be, there'll be other sort of like camera switches. Yeah. Ah. So I mean, that, that was clever. And I liked, that, I liked the differenti- differentiation that he did in both of these films. And yeah, Andy's right. That very well could become his thing. Like I mentioned, Kevin Smith loves dialogue. He is a writer. And so he likes to put the camera down and let people talk. And so you can, you can know when it is a Kevin Smith movie with Jason Bateman. We will see. I mean, if he starts doing more directing, I would love to see how his style progresses. Well, one thing that I'd like to <clears throat> for him to move away from is is uh, Hollywood conventions. That's one thing that I did kind of, despite the edginess in, of the language in Bad Words mm-hmm. and the edginess of the theme in Family yeah. Fang, um, the, 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 there was plenty of Hollywood conventions, not least the, the happy ending. The, let's, let's call it a happy ending in both In which movies. one? Both movies, okay. Um, yeah, no, we're not. We're not spoiling, but mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd say they were both pretty happy endings. Plus, um, you know, triumph of the spirit and some. You know, I, I think there are some lovable losers in in these in both these movies. Yes, um, that that I would definitely agree with the the happy ending. Uh, like we talked about, bad words is is kind of predictable, but again, not a bad thing. Uh, there there are moments in films when you know what is going to happen and it takes you out of it. This one there was enough to keep you in the moment in the movie where, where it was okay. Uh, the happy ending with the family Fang again, just this movie just 
it was just interesting. It made me think for days on end how I felt about it. And, and I, I think that is a credit to both, you know, the writing and the directing. Um, the writer of the family Fang is Kevin Wilson. He wrote the novel. Well, I think that did he, I think he was just the novelist. I think the, uh, the David Lindsay, uh, a bear wrote the, uh, or adapted, uh, the screenplay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, Credit to both of them, you know, for coming up with this source material, because at the end of the movie, we were sitting there and I just, I was not sure how I, how I felt about it. Um, hmm. so I guess I've, I've, I've seen a few more art films than you, or maybe some more French films or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my French film escapades were in French club in high school. Hmm. The so. Indian in the cupboard maybe or whatever that was called the, the what no i was thinking we can go back and watch it okay uh, diabolique that, that was a classic mm. french movie okay, okay. Uh, but this is not going to become the french movie podcast uh possibly if people are really dying for that we might suffer through Send some your suggestions yeah, we might suffer through some art suffer through some artistic french movies for your benefit because if anything we are here for you uh that is me Zuta pandering law. yeah pandering to the audience um so what other things from these two movies or kind of from Jason Bateman as a director? Do you have anything else to kind of touch on? Like I said, I'd, I'd like to see him uh, develop things. I mean, he's, if he's going to star in movies in which he's directing. And ex- I th- he was an exec- executive was a producer, producer on, on, in on both also. So he yeah? really... Okay. He, he's got to develop things and, mm-hmm. and not just give himself the easy Jason Bateman role, a little more stretching. Mm-hmm. If you're a director, you, you want to stretch your yeah. actors and, and, and he should, he, if you're going to be the director, you've got to do it for yourself too. And I think in bad words, I, I would agree that he took the, the Jason Bateman route. Uh, when, you know, when you saw the material, you know, I think that was pretty safe for him with family Fang. He does stretch a little bit, so it would be very interesting. Yeah. Down the road. If he decides to direct more and executive produce, and star mm-hmm. what his choices are going to be. Yeah. He could, he could take the safe route or he could make things more interesting. I think it, it's a challenge for him. And I think he, sh- I think he needs to go a little bit more, uh, over the edge. Yeah. And that, that would be a journey after seeing these two films that I would like to go on. I would like to, yeah, see what he, see what he does next. And who knows if he goes back to kind of his comedic roots, I would see it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think stretching a little he, bit. No, I'm not saying he can't do comedy. I'm saying if he's going to do comedy, he should, you know, his, his character should mm-hmm. be something different than sort of like the dry, you know, wise cracker. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Agreed. My question is, John, I mean, did you, did you actually like these movies? So, yeah. And I think actually, since we covered, we covered most of the points and again, being that this is the first in hopefully a series of director spotlights and we wanted to keep this one a little bit tight and this person only has two directing credits. So that made it easy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we kind of touched on the, on the main things. So we will go into the rating system, the best one ever. <laughs> so if you have never listened to this podcast before, uh, there are only three ratings available when we are reviewing things, good, bad, or ugly. Some people think those choices are limiting. They don't make any sense to me. Some people think they are amazing. 
as in i don't think anybody's all, written of, in all, to say the, that, have they? all of the listeners the amount of tweets i get saying this is the best <laughs> rating system are incredible keep those coming your mother, guys your mother your father uh, <laughs> so my mom and dad do not know how to work twitter come on now uh anyway okay so good bad and ugly good means you enjoyed the film uh it can range from it was a it was an enjoyable film to it was a fantastic film bad is it was kind of blah you know you do not regret sitting there for an hour and a half or two hours but you are not going to rush out and see it again ugly avoid at all costs so uh andy how about you start with chronologically the first movie that we talked about bad words bad words um yeah it 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 didn't um it didn't stand out very far from the crowd, but it retained a, 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 a you know a, a, a sense of humor mm-hmm. and didn't take itself too seriously. And um, it was just good <laughs> enough to get a good from me. Okay, I mean, and that kind of follows along with what you're saying about safe. Yeah, that it was exactly okay. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I gave it a good as well. This one was again at the end of the movie, even during the movie, it did not. I was not thinking as much. I was not, you know, kind of really struggling with what I thought about it. And at the end of it, I was like, all right, uh, I know how I feel about that. And so I give it a good as well. If Jason Bateman makes another movie of a similar vein like that, then mm-hmm. I'd have to give it a bad because, uh, you know, you would not of, see the growth. Yeah. There would be no growth in that as a director. I would say that anyway. Okay. That, and I think that is fair. We will see what he thinks. Everyone tweet to Jason Bateman. What do you think? Oh no, please don't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I gave that one a good. Uh, so the family fang, uh, if I have not said already, I struggled with this one. What are you uh, doing it though? Struggle I mean, enough that it's bad. I, I did not struggle enough that it was bad because the performances were, the performances were solid. The directing was solid, but I guess the themes and the movie overall is what made me think so much. That being said, I still will give this one a good, I still, after a few days looking back on it, I would recommend this to someone, you know, if they are in the mood for, you know, kind of a, a, a drama, not a comedy, a drama that, that has some great performances. So I, I will give it a good. Yeah. I think the, the performances were really, really quite good from all the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 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 there was some nice subtleties in this movie, uh, as long as well as the edginess of the theme, thematic mm-hmm. matters. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to give it a good, um, a slightly better good than I did for Bad Words. And I, yeah, I would, uh, well, no, I, I, yeah, I'm the opposite. Really? Uh, my, my good really? for Bad Words was, was a way, good. way stronger than really? it was for The Family Fang. Because again, The Family Fang it took me that long to really think if I enjoyed this movie. But that, isn't that what makes a movie better? It makes you think. It does. I, don't, I, uh, I mean, Bad Words, it was, it was fun. It was fluff. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't make me think about anything, really. It won't make me think about anything <laughs> in the future. So it was good, albeit somewhat forgettable? Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's movies like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, that is the beauty of this good, bad, and ugly, is you can give a movie a good... And recognize that it might not be everyone's cup of tea. It might not be a movie that you highly recommend to everyone, but it was still good enough where if someone asks you, should I go and see this? You would still recommend it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was the first in, I think what will become a series of director spotlights. Uh, If you guys do have suggestions for directors or actors that have, how do we start small people? 
uh, I would say less than five uh, things, then yeah, let me know. Uh, I, I have one more question, John. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you spell the word inchoate? Of course I could, but I'm not going to show off. This is a podcast. Uh, spoiler alert, kids. Watch Bad Words and you can find out how to spell that movie. Or spell that movie. Sheesh. Spell that word in this movie. Uh, see what happens when questions come with spelling. Is that a vein popping out of your head, John? Uh, possibly. Uh, okay. So, yeah. If, again, if you have suggestions, uh, you can email those to the show. Uh, that email address is about to review at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter at about to review. Uh, thank you, Andy, for being part of this experiment in director spotlight. Thank you. And yeah, so definitely get a hold of the show. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes now. I would love if you guys gave uh, some ratings and reviews. And I think that is it. So we will see you next time.